You are now listening to Stories of Self-Help by Mercy Me Community. self-help. I am Roy Supporter, the founder and owner of Mercy Me Community. I'm so grateful to be present this morning in East Austin. It's an overcast morning. I invested the morning kind of reflecting on my path and purpose. Some of the things that I kind of want to do in our community to contribute and change and uplift and free the community. So before we get into this episode... I'd like to just say thank you to the source, the creator of all of this. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for allowing myself to have compassion, have clarity, and be of service. I want to thank our community of supporters for your desire to grow along with my own.
So yeah, we can go into our practice and keep it real simple and just do a meditation together for a few minutes. Just breathing together. Um, just so we can realign and connect with ourselves and across our community all together. So. Go at your own pace. There is no right or wrong. There is something about experiencing someone else breathing that makes us conscious of our breath, that brings us closer to what is allowing us to be alive and feel alive. You know, so whether you consciously breathe with me or whether you um, are familiar with meditation or not, subconsciously you'll become more aware of your breathing. So take your time, you know, and receive what you need to in this moment. Observe yourself in this moment. Listen to the earth. Listen to all of the activity, all of the life that surrounds us in this moment. From the rain to the birds to the world. Create space for yourself in this moment. Your existence is justified.
connect with it all, embrace it all. Breathe through it all. Ground yourself, ground yourself. Govern yourself. So yeah, hopefully there's more clarity within, you know. I definitely feel more gratitude, you know more medicine, more appreciation for this more this moment. I feel more alive, less guarded, you know, less distracted, less concerned about whatever's going on and more in tune with myself, my inner peace. And clarity, and it's it's all in the practice, you know. It's all in the practice. Nothing about breathing is right or wrong. It's all in the practice. pays off you know and it's a really important um, kind of thing that I read a few years back that has like grounded me and really rooted me along along the way which was uh, it's, it, it was in this book by Charles F. Handel called um Master Key Arcana. And um, what it said was the greatest, um, to be calm is the greatest manifestation of power. You know, and I just remember reading that in Barnes and Nobles one night alone. And, um, you know, it's so much activity in a Barnes and Noble, you know, it was, but it's something about reading in a public place that allows me to kind of slow everything down and have everything be in slow motion, you know? And I just remember reading that to myself and just sitting back in my chair while all of this, all of these people, you know, it's in the middle of it, it's a Starbucks in that Barnes and Noble. So it's, it's people around and it's a lot of activity, right? But I just remember sitting back in my chair and just being like, wow. 
To be calm is the greatest manifestation of power. And I, I felt, I felt purposeful, you know, because growing up it was always, uh, you know, you don't have much, so you got to go get it, or this is what power is, or, you know, all of the programming that they do. And while you're growing, you're so malleable and influenced by the noise of the world that you believe these things. You believe that you're incomplete, you know, that that your existence isn't justified until you garner and accumulate what the world values. But that's not it. That's not what makes me powerful, you know. So I don't need outward validation to be powerful, you know. And I just remember, like, just realizing, like, wow, I don't have to get this degree or this type of car or have this many followers or this many likes or whatever outward thing that the world tells me to, that I need to be of value, you know, because to be calm is the greatest manifestation of value, of, to be calm is the greatest manifestation of power, you know. That's what you want to develop, that inner quality, that inner quality, you know, and a lot of these notions that the world tries to program and society tries to program within us, you know, it creates holes. You know, a lot of this advertising and marketing, the commercials and, and all of it, all of it, you know, from the entertainment, all of it, a lot of it creates holes that we don't have, you know, you know, and they create holes then that we then try to fill that weren't there in the first place, you know, and the only way to circumvent these types of things is to really uh, stand up on all 10, you know, and um, think for yourself first. You know, and to develop a, a deeper sense of who you are, you know, so, yeah, being calm, you know, is such a, it's such a rare quality to, you know, but it's, it is such a powerful characteristic when you come across somebody who's truly calm, you know, and for me, like, somebody that I can point to and be like, damn, this is an inspiration for me, is is our uh, midwife. Her name is GB. 
just an incredible human being that's really contributing to the counterbalance of the world. And whenever we we come across our midwife, you know, I just I just sit and, and observe, you know. Because the mannerisms say it all, you know. The the selectiveness of words say it all. I could tell that it's a whole world behind her eyes, you know, of internal work that has been done to get this type of result of this type of person, you know, that has humility and uh, self-respect and self-reverence, you know. So, yeah, to be calm is the greatest manifestation of power, you know. It's not in, it's not in anything outside of you. You can't get it from the outside in. It's all from the inside out. It's all from the inside out. You know? And that's just really important. I think we need a new Palo Santo. <laughs> I think we're officially out. <laughs> okay, my life is second hand. I've been upcycled through your hands. You put me down when I'm not cool. Pick me up when I'm in trend. I know my life is second hand. Cause I've aged over time. I live in goodwill. And you'll thrift through my mind. How could I not be second hand? You've used me up for what I am. Act brand new around your friends. Wear me out like favorite pants. Purchase your tracks Okay, my life is second hand. I've been a Cycle through your hands Put me down when I'm not cool Pick me up when I'm in trend I know my life is second hand Cause I've aged over time I live in goodwill And you'll thrift through my mind How could I not be second hand? You've used me up for what I am Act brand new around your friends Wear me out like favorite pants God knows my life is second hand Because I'm vintage now I may not be in But I'll be around Okay, my life is second hand I've been a cycle through your hands Put me down when I'm not cool Pick me up when I'm in trend I know my life is second hand Cause I've aged over time I live in your will And you thrift through my mind How could I not be second hand? You've used me up for what I am Act brand new around your friends Wear me out 
episode about you know how we've transitioned from being a clothing brand into a story driven you know production studio being an independent production studio and what that process is for me and what it was for me you know um and I really want to start in 2018 because 2018 was such a an interesting year. 2018 was the year that we got our shop on six. And um, in the fall of 2018, going into 2019, I started learning about story. And I fell in love with story, and I started studying uh, screenwriting. I started to study um, directing. I started to study uh, what does a film producer do? What does a production company do? You know, um, because I recognized that stories were really impacting our community me opening up about my story, me creating IP, me creating uh, content around my actual story and my actual experience was creating a deeper relationship with our audience, you know, with you all. So I wanted to explore that, you know, what is it about, what is it about story? You know, and there's a test that they did that I came across um, was basically about mirror. It was called mirror neurons. Basically, we have mirror neurons, and um, what it is is they ran a test on two uh, monkeys, right? And what they did was they put the two monkeys together. Then they gave one a banana, and the other one observed the other one eating a banana. And what they wanted to focus on was the one who didn't have a banana, right? And what they came to find out in this test is that the one that didn't have a banana, the same, the same chemical releases uh, went off in that in that monkey's brain you know, watching the other monkey that didn't, that had a banana. As if that monkey was eating a banana also. So it's like we experience this, the same, the brain doesn't know how to tell the difference. We experience the same, the, the brain does the same activity, you know, watching someone else do something. You know, as if we're doing it also, you know, and that's what that test was showing is that that those are mirror neurons 
is that the monkey that didn't have a banana was experiencing the same level of satisfaction watching another monkey eat a banana. The same levels of uh, serotonin was going going was being released in the, in the in the brain, you know, and um, that was just really interesting to me, and it showed me, oh wow, you know, this is why con- this is why story is so impactful. This is why entertainment is so influential, it's because we're observing these things. Uh, we're observing each other experiencing these things, you know. And also reveals like what we tap into is, is really what we are. It truly is what we are, you know. So if you're the type of person that taps into uh a lot of like motivational, inspirational things or or great or stories of, of great uh individuals or great people, you know, a lot of motivational speeches or or read a lot of literature that's very informative on the level of impact you can make. That's because that's what you are, you know, and the same the same things that are being released in your brain as if you're doing that also, just you experiencing someone else do that. That's why films are so impactful. That's why music is so impactful. So I'm learning these things in 2018 going into 2000, or going into 2019. And at the same time of of studying story and screenwriting and, and, um, you know, production, film production, and um, intellectual property, I'm learning about the business of content, the business of intellectual property. What is, you know, what do these contracts look like? You know, how does somebody make $100 million off of a three-year deal with Netflix? How do you get your content on Netflix? You know, what's that, what are the different forms? What's the difference between a, um, a licensing deal with Netflix versus a Netflix original deal. You know, what are the different qualities in that contract? You know, um, what are the terms? You know, um, what's the distribution like? You know, because it's, it's not just about creating the art, but it's also about ownership, you know, and, uh, you know, not taking the upfront bag, you know, and usually the upfront bag is is uh, acquisition-based. That's like buying your IP from you, you know, and you're not, you're, it's not really about you reaping the rewards, it's about your family reaping the, the, the fruit of your labor, you know, and that's what residual income becomes, you know, so it's like, I don't want the upfront bag, you know, so I'm studying and educating myself on how to, how to, you know, do business with these big box companies. And um, I know how rare that is. So it's about being sharp on that, you know, and how to create um, our own distribution, you know, our own distribution in these spaces, you know. And um, 
So on the story side, I, I recognize how important it is. You know, it's really impactful. And I've always designed our collections with concepts, you know, from, from day one. So I definitely was like connecting to the story in a whole new way. You know, this is around the time that um this is around the time that we um released uh Do Mercy at the top of uh, 2019. Now, at the same time of studying story, right? Mind you, we're still a clothing brand at this time. We're still a clothing brand at this time. You know, mainly. But at the same time of learning about story, I started... Somehow I came across sustainability and it moved me it moved me in a, in a, in a extremely uh, deep way I became aware of plastic pollution I became of uh, I became aware of um, composting I became aware of uh, the idea of, of zero waste you know and um, I became aware of upcycling and the importance of secondhand and how, you know, 90% of everything that we're producing is going to landfills, you know. And I became aware of environmental issues, you know. And, you know, so at the same time while I'm learning about story, I'm learning about sustainability, you know, I'm become, I'm coming across people like um, Bea Johnson, who wrote Zero Waste Home, which I have the book uh, sitting right here. And I came across uh, Lauren Singer, you know, who has um, the Trash is for Tossers blog and uh, the Package Free Shop in New York. So I'm, I'm, I'm educating myself on on sustainability, you know, and what's going on in the climate and the whole shit. So so I started to look at my own I started to look at my own waste, you know, my own my own uh habits, you know, personally first. I just became aware of plastic pollution, you know, specifically and how all of these, all of this waste was being dumped into the ocean, you know, and then from it sitting in the ocean, it's being broken down into these microplastic plastics, and the sea life is not being able to tell the difference between what's food and what's plastic. So, therefore, in turn, from our own waste. And all of this waste being dumped into the ocean, the sea life is then eating the plastic, right? I started to see all of these statistics on how much plastic is in the is in the average fish's diet, right? And how many 
times that is really killing the sea life in the ocean, right? So it really put things in perspective and because from there, the sea life is eating the plastic, developing these things in their body, and then what happens, right? Uh, fishermen are going out there and catching fish in mass and then serving it to the public. So then in turn, we are eating our own waste, right? So it's a very dicey uh, cycle, right? But the prevention aspect and the, to circumvent these things, you got to look at your own waste, you know? Then, so I started to look at how much plastic is in my household, how, how much waste are we personally producing, I'm just saying, like, oh, we're producing a fucking whole mountain of plastic pollution, you know, of, of plastics in our recycling bin. And wait, hold on, half of this shit ain't even recyclable. And wait, doing research on the re recycling plants, they're not even recycling this shit, you know. And it, it really triggered something in me. This is while I'm learning about story. And I just remember being like, man, like, it's crazy because the, the, the level of damage that we can cause just from not knowing, just from unawareness, you know, it's just, it's just absurd, you know. I started to recognize that, wait, because we have recycling bins, because we have a recycling quote unquote system, people aren't recycling anything. <laughs> you know, nobody is reusing anything. <laughs> you know, because these things are set up, because the option of recycling something is set up, people have stopped recycling, you know, to the definition of the word, you know, to, people have stopped reusing things. You know, just thinking like, oh, they'll take care of this, or oh, you know, this is not my problem. You know, which obviously consumption, mass consumption of the world plays a huge role into this, you know. Consumerism, you know, um, and capitalism, really. You know, so all of these things I'm, I'm being educated and informed on. And it really started to open me up. And then I started to look at, like, all right, we're going to start composting, right? We're going to start composting. And this goes back to personal finance, too, that we have to, you know, be disciplined with our budget. And um, so now it's, like, 2019, you know, so I started to just kind of move different and wanted to hold myself accountable, you know, and be responsible for how much waste I'm producing which is very hard when you have a child, too. To any parent listening, it's like, man, all of the, all of these big box toy companies are fucking producing so much waste. You know, toys don't have to be made out of plastic. You know, kids can play with anything. They play with everything. But for some reason, all of their toys and anything that has to do with children and shit is always plastic. You know, and even the amount of waste that diapers are, you know. So all of it, I've been, I was just able to see clearer on the environmental 
issues and the fact that all of this waste that we're all producing in every single household and, and just I could only imagine how many households are in every neighborhood and, and community and city and state and amount of waste that's sitting in landfills to then be dumped into the ocean just crazy to me just absolutely crazy to me the fact that the average human being is producing five pounds of waste per day it's a trip to me you know so so I'm learning about story I'm learning about how we're you know just uh just so emotionally impacted by stories but I'm also learning about sustainability you know so this is 2019 so I started just holding myself accountable like I said for how much waste you know and and what I did was I took our waste that was in our actual plastic bin you know within my household and I took it to my shop on 6 and I put I hung all of it on the ceiling you know so anytime somebody came across our shop or came into our shop you could see our actual waste hanging from the ceiling that immediately makes you more aware of plastic pollution it makes you more aware of how much waste you're producing so you can subconsciously or consciously hold yourself accountable you know, and this is besides the, the, the grass that's on the ground when you walk in and the plants that are aligning all of the floors. You know, so it's, it's all types of, you know, details that are making you more aware, you know. And as I'm educated, I'm putting, I'm, I'm dropping these seeds, you know, into my brand. You know, and um, so it's a whole internal process that was taking place, and I started to just realize, like, wow, okay. For one, I got to start producing waste, and for two, stories impact the world and shape the narrative, right? And then people believe the narrative, you know, and then live off the, live off of the the stories, right? People live to albums, right? Um, you can watch your favorite movie and it feels so real that you go out into the world and walk the world that way, you know. So I just wanted to be more intentional about, you know, the content we're putting out there and my own personal environmental impact. And from there, I started to look at, like, okay, what can I do in my business? You know, so I started to research and learn about fast fashion and just recognizing like, oh shit, like this is I'm 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 inadvertently producing I'm I'm contributing to the problem. You know. Again, this is two thousand nineteen. I'm realizing like, oh shit, like I'm producing waste myself. <laughs> I'm actually contributing to the problem because I'm making the mistake of not considering the entire lifespan of my products. You know, and that's a problem because it's like, 
from conception to consumption, where does that, you know, as our community supports us, where does that T-shirt end up, you know? Can it go back to, into the earth and turn into soil, you know? So I started to, yeah, study what's going on. I started to look at, I started to look at, um, what are some other options, you know? I started to study and become aware of, like, oh, shit, like, the labor wages are dumb low. This is an issue. People aren't being paid fairly to even stitch these products together. And they're not organic fabrics, you know? So this is synthetic fabrics. So this is not even being able to be broken down and and, and and it's not even useful for the earth, you know. So I started to just be intentional and started to see, okay, how can we change this within our products, you know. Then I looked at, um, you know, what are some options, you know. And from there it was like, okay, what are some sustainable ways that we can do this? that we can run our business. And then I started to see that it was more expensive from, it was it was more expensive to produce a 100% organic product, right? Let's just say like a hoodie. 100% organic hoodie was more expensive for to do. You know, it, it like quadrupled the cost, right? And completely minimized how many options of manufacturers we have that we can use, you know, to produce some organic fabric products, right? And it was more expensive to produce our products, right? Because it's not financially incentivized for manufacturers to use, to pay, you know, uh, fair wages, Right, you want to reduce cost, right? That's what, that's what, that's what consumerism tells us. You know, to we want to raise profits and reduce cost. You know, and that's bullshit. So I started to see, like, oh shit, manufacturers don't even have the infrastructure to be environmentally aware, right? To even pair, to even uh, pay people fairly, right? And um, it's more expensive for a manufacturer to to use organic products, you know. So you have to find you have to find ground level like locally sourced manufacturers that can even give you a fully sustainable shirt that can then be compo- put into the compost after however long, and then reduced back into back into um, uh, soil you know, and, and, and put into plants and, and things like that. So I started to just look at the entire lifespan of our products, man. For real, for real. And I started to look at like, damn, you know, we spoke about vertical integration. So sustainability is has been a rule of thumb for me, you know. So it's like, what route do I go, right? Do I now consciously 
make these same mistakes and, and add to the problem? Or do I, you know, have integrity in my products and and find a way? You know, and um I ultimately realized that, you know, I can I can I can make less profit on our products by going by creating sustainable products. You know, we we did that, you know, a few times. We we're doing the Mercy Me Mondays. We we're putting out. We found we found a few avenues that we can produce some uh, some organic products. You know, uh, you know, we launched Duper C and found some manufacturers and ways that we can bring new products to the table, right? Like bamboo straws and organic, um, you know, facial soaps and things like that. But again, you know, I, I can't even look at this issue from a capitalist standpoint. This is this is on some human shit, you know, and, and on some you know, nature, uh, you know, connecting to to nature and just completely starting anew with my relationship with the earth, you know. So a lot of studying, a lot of research, you know, every day is coming into play. And I just kind of came to the conclusion that way. I'm learning story, right? I'm learning intellectual property. I'm learning screenwriting. I'm learning um, about these contracts and deals and, and, you know, how IP can go a long way, you know, how intellectual property is definitely like an, an investment, you know. It can create residual income for generations to come, you know, and how it's it might be more beneficial to create you know to go about things with an intellectual property way instead of product you know so I'm learning about story right I'm learning about I'm really I'm, I'm educating myself about these types of deals and these types of uh, long-term moves that we can actually do through content. And on the other side, I'm learning about sustainability, you know, and our environmental impact. And in in real life, I'm cultivating a community, you know, and more and more people are tapping in and becoming aware of, of the work I'm doing and that we're doing. So I just came to a crossroads, you know, and I just made one of the biggest decisions. Like, the most sustainable thing I could do is become a, a story-driven brand. Is become a, a a brand that is built on uh, producing intellectual property. You know. You know, and just I could continue to tell my true story. But I can do it in a sustainable way that is not impacting the environment in a negative way. I can reduce my environmental footprint 
and raise my communal footprint. You know what I'm saying? And like reduce my environmental impact, you know, and raise my, you know, people impact, you know. <clears throat> so that just put me in a in a in a more peaceful uh place. It's like, oh wow, you know. Subconsciously I was I was being guided to to understand these things on a deeper level and make an even deeper impact, you know, and we still make products now, but slowly but surely, you know, like it's difficult, you know, things take time to really, to really, you know, develop new ways of doing things, right? And to really uh, see things clearer, you know, for the essence of things. It, it takes time, you know. And I, at the same time, I remember we had a whole, you know, we had a whole collection of new products to put out, right, that were not organic products. And I just remember just being like, man, okay. Internally, I'm gonna make these changes. Internally, I'm gonna go ahead and and, and uh, move forward with Mercy becoming a production studio, right? And we'll operate in mediums of story. So whether that is uh, podcast, film, series, music, literature, things like that. You know, we can make we can make strides in these categories, you know, and shift from products to intellectual property, you know, and figure out these business models and this will be a more sustainable way, you know, to to impact people, you know, and to um cultivate community, you know, and to build long-term wealth you know what I'm saying so it's like it's just really important to to continue on a path of uh, becoming more environmentally aware you know and and healing the relationship with the earth you know what I'm saying and and uh, planting trees in people's minds along the way, you know, and hopefully we do that enough, we can, you know, make some real change, make some real change here, you know, and um, so I'm very selective about products, you know, I'm very selective and intentional about new products that we put out, you know, and um, I'm still working on it. I'm still working on how we can you know, even just, and it starts with just like shifting the percentages, shifting the percentages of, of how much a product is organic, you know. And we've had a few products now, mind you, it's been two years, 
you know, it's 2021 now. This was taking place in 018 going to 2019. So we got a little bit more experience in uh, producing some sustainable products. Um, and it's really, you know, so now we have some products out there in the earth that can you can put into the compost, you know. And I'm at peace with that. I'm, I'm, I feel good about that, you know. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work to do, but now we're you know a majority story driven company, you know. And um, it's just about impacting community the right way, you know, in a, in an integral way, you know, and um. It's a lot of progress to be made in, especially in minority communities, because we're some, we're, we have trillions of dollars in buying power, but we, we are owning the least assets, you know what I'm saying, and are some of the biggest consumers. You know, and a lot of these companies are marketing to us, you know, so we have to be aware, you know, we have to support one another. And it's also about like ownership, you know, long term ownership, but also like ownership uh, in, in an accountable way and self accountability, you know, and, re and having reverence and respect in our in our communities, you know. Because the human predicament is a it's a stewardship. You know, we're we're hosts more than anything. So we definitely have to just, you know, uh hold ourselves accountable, you know, and find new ways to to nourish, you know, our environments, right? And you know, on one hand, I do feel like, in a capitalistic way, like conscious capitalism, you can you can you can rid a lot of the problems by. You know, we can rid rid a lot of the problems by owning in our community, you know. Especially on assets that are long term, like real estate and things like that, and and brick and mortar commerce and, and things like that, but. I also feel like socialism has a lot of answers too, you know, and just kind of, you know, I don't see a lot of co-ops and, and colors in, in communities of color, you know, we need to see more of that, you know. I definitely want to see more uh, community gardens, you know, um, botanists, you know, as something that kids want to grow up to be, you know. As well as like being educated on um, on uh, just humility, you know what I'm saying. So it's 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 so much work to do, and all of those principles that you can learn that I'm learning from uh, the environment that I'm learning from um, sustainability um, that I'm learning from. Uh, you know, just kind of like gardening principles. And, and you know, we have a, a group of friends that have a farm not too far from East Austin. 
I'm, I'm learning lessons that you can just apply to life. You know, sustainability, environmental sustainability, those principles you can apply to life. You know, um, doing things sustainably. You know, so, you know, tilling to the soil, you know, patience, right? Recognizing that you don't, you don't, even just parenting skills, I can't tell a seed what it's going to be. It's up to me to nourish a seed, to show me what it is going to be, you know, because an oak tree in, in a seed form knows that it'll inevitably become an oak tree, you know, so that's not up to me. It's up to me to water that on a daily basis and make a practice out of that. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a stewardship. You know? And just look at the relationship that a farmer has with a farm or a gardener has with a garden. You know? And it's a lot of game in that. And then you can apply that to business. You can apply that to investing. You can apply that to community. You can apply that to art. You know what I'm saying? And not rush a process. You know, like I remember I heard the other day that um, we overestimate what we can do in a year and we underestimate what we can do in 10 years. You know, so it's, it's patience that you can develop that can really yield long-term results that are sustainable, that are here to stay, you know. So that's the journey of becoming or going from a clothing brand to a production studio. And this is all independent, by the way, self-funded, you know, but you can be integral about your brand, you know, and look at yourself, you know, first, and then look at how you can, if you can correct yourself, then you can, you know, do those same, apply those same principles into your brand. You know, and then now, you know, from from making certain decisions, I've had two, three-hour convos about plastic pollution and environmental issues and being able to tap into communities that wasn't accessible to me before, you know, just from, just from uh, following that guidance, you know, and it's a whole another tier that you can tap into just for being in integral, you know. So we're going to bridge a lot of these things. We're going to bridge, you know, branding, commerce, um, ownership in our communities. We're going to bridge, you know, uh, people, you know, just starting out with people who got, you know, 30, 40 years of experience, whether that's in investing or environmental things or art or, you know, we're going to bridge all of these worlds, all of the worlds from spirituality, wealth, and community. These are the three pillars of mercy. These are the things that you'll get every time that you hear my voice or see anything that has to do with, with Mercy Me community. You know, It'll always be about spirituality, wealth, and community, you know. And we're gonna these three these three major things intersect, you know. So I know people want more products from us, um, and I'm working on it every day. 
learning and educating on and, and seeing what resources and how I can be of of greater service, you know, and how I can be more resourceful to find ways and discover new ways to to deliver products that are from top to bottom, uh, you know, integral. You know what I'm saying? So I'm grateful. And um, yeah, we're gonna continue to to grow. We're gonna continue to build and do it in a sustainable way, you know. And I, it's about cultivating patience. It's about cultivating patience. It's about long-term impact, you know. So. It's it's very easy to get discouraged, you know, and uh, focus on what you don't have, you know, but it's just as easy to not concern yourself with what other people have, you know, going on and things like that. It's like you can, you know, you can make real impact, you know, so I'm focused on just appreciating what I have, you know, and what things I can do, you know, and ultimately what I've become, you know, what I am. I'm putting my attention towards that and investing my energy towards that and looking at, you know, what we can do in in our community on Ground Zero right here, you know, because there's so many, there's so many people, you know, that can be, uh, impacted and freed, you know, and um, put in position from things that we're doing right now. You know, it's generations at stake. It's generations at stake, you know. So it's about telling our own stories, right? It's about be being, it's about becoming in such a, uh, position of such a powerful position that we can tell our own narratives and, and own it and then upcycle those resources back into our community you know so I really do understand all money in I, I get that that means all money in into our community you know I get that you know and it's about recognizing that we are in it we are the new ancestors Right, and the decisions that are made today are impacting the experience of our gener- of generations to come tomorrow. You know, so I'm definitely uh, excited to to bridge, like I said, spirituality, wealth, and community. You know, all into one experience, and to continue to tell stories of people that are underrepresented. People that are underrepresented. And that's not limited to people of color, too, you know, because it's it's underrepresented people in all aspects of life, you know. So I want to be a voice to all people that are underrepresented. So that's people of color, that's people... uh, disadvantaged when it comes to resources, lower income people, that's um, uh, people who are othered in general, you know, whether you 
are trans, homosexual, um, people in other countries, people that, you know, I want you to be seen. You know what I'm saying? I see you. If you are othered, I see you, you know, and I'm standing on all 10 for us, you know, because they've, I've, I've felt othered, you know, my whole life, you know, so now I'm about, you know, anybody that's othered, you know, I, you can, you can see yourself in what I'm doing, you know what I'm saying? And, um, having the courage to do that, you know, so whether it's popular or not, you know, whether it's cool or not, you know, whether you're, <clears throat> whether you, you know, because it's, it's a lot of people who don't agree, you know, and that's fine too. I feel like disagreement is healthy, you know, because that can move the needle forward, you know, but it's a lot of, you know, I know that uh, it's a lot of, it's a lot of people who supported us as a clothing brand who don't support us as stories, who don't understand why, uh, you know, why we're producing a podcast and and music and, and series and things like that now. You know, it's people who wanted us to, who stopped supporting us after we stopped being just a clothing brand. And, and once we started producing stories, it's, it's, it's a whole part of our uh, supporters who no longer supported, you know, and that's completely fine because you you really weren't connected to the essence of what's being said anyways. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I'm here for the people who are truly connected and, and truly want to have the same desire to grow, you know, the same desire to, to experience real equality you know, and, and who want to become something higher. You know what I'm saying? So this isn't for the this isn't for the docile. This isn't for the unmotivated person. This isn't for the stagnant mind. This is not for for them. You know, this is for the person that wants to grow, you know, who's who has an open mind, who wants to be elevated in this experience of life and contribute to the world. You know, who's who's waking up every day and thinking about how we can become freer, how we can become a higher level of uh, humanity. You know, I'm speaking to that person, the person that wants to change the world, who has the courage to do so. And if you don't have the courage to do so, maybe you'll develop courage by listening to me or by tapping into Mercy Me community, you know, and researching some of these things, you know. And it's about creating, creating equality you know, but you have to do it within, you know, so if you are, if you feel like you've been othered, you know, I know the feeling, you know, and I'm speaking to people that aren't spoken to, you know what I'm saying, like, for real, for real, you know, so that's the story on how we became a production studio coming from being a clothing brand, you know, and although clothing was the doorway, you know, for me and starting Mercy, you know, it's way bigger than that. You know what I'm saying? It's way bigger than that. And and we'll make real change. You know, real change. And um 
thank you for tapping in. Thank you for for listening and and just being open, having an open mind and an open heart, you know, and having a a hope for humanity because that's that's what this is about, you know. So this has been another episode of Stories of Self-Help. I thank you. I'll see you next time.